0: Hey, everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this July 4th edition of Down to Earth. Thank you so much for being my guest and for being a participant in my podcast over the last year. This is our second July 4th operating as Down to Earth. We've been on the air as the Harriet Kimmich Show for many years, both on Block talk radio, our first foray into podcasting as well as on traditional radio we've been on radio now since 2009 so it's 11 years right i've been a syndicated radio show host in detroit uh covington kentucky and cincinnati ohio for some time now so we celebrate all that this is and all that this has done thank you so much for joining me and today being the first of july imagine that today is the first of july which means July 4th is only a couple of days away. It happens on Saturday. So we'll be off the air Thursday and Friday as we take time to commiserate and try to figure out what does July 4th mean this year? What does it mean this year? So that's what I want to talk about today. In light of everything else, what does July 4th mean? One of the interesting things that I'm following is the, is the European Union <laughs> union's ban on American tourists as if American tourism dollars are not what they live by. I don't know. But it's interesting to me that they're welcoming even travelers from China, from Beijing, but they absolutely refuse to welcome tra- American tourists. Now I know they have issues. I know they have issues with the president. I know that the president has referred to the, ch- the chancellor of Germany, Angela Merkel, an esteemed lady. He has referred to her as being stupid and weak. That's not nice, Mr. President, to refer to leaders of your ilk who are better at leading a country than you are. That's not nice to call women stupid and weak, especially accomplished women. No women, but especially accomplished women. Uh, That wasn't nice at all. And uh, I think the ban is not per se against Americans, but is more against American leadership kind of icky, because it's not justifiable to me. I mean, there are no scenarios in which this is justifiable. Uh, I think Americans as a whole have liberated Europe many times. I hope Europe never finds itself in a position where you ever need to be liberated. Don't call over here, because we won't be answering. Okay? Uh, You'll be ring, 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 and it will be, hello? Au revoir. being not being bonito you ain't gonna hear that from us anytime so i'm serious y'all i mean come on now uh banning american tourists we need to get out so so the interesting thing though is that what does july 4th mean to us this year because look at it this way the president said he was going to build a wall to keep people out and instead he built a wall to keep us in we can't go to canada not until july 21st and if the coronavirus is any indicator Canada is not likely to open its borders back to America anytime soon. We can't go to the Europe for summer travel, so it's like, dang, we're stuck in, right? Oh, not, not a happy feeling, so we're kind of stuck. Where can we go? Most countries, if you go now, they're going to quarantine you for 14 days, but you're spending 14 days there or you're spending 10 days there, so what's the point in getting on a plane? So my thing is, there are 50 states in this union. Hey, 50 states, don't you think? So if you live in another, in a state, say you live in Iowa, you want some sun, head somewhere, where, head out to California or someplace else, right? You want to just get in your car, rent a car, drive, rent an RV, take your family across, just go somewhere and practice social distancing and wear a mask. So heck with it all. They don't want us to come to their country. Well, we spend the money right here. Amer- the American economy could do with stimulating from us and supporting small businesses in, in main, on Main Street as you drive through the country. I'm just like, seriously? Like, seriously, what does America stand for anymore? Do we stand for anything? Like, what does our flag mean? So I wanted to put this into context because we're at a crucial point in our history. Whether we like it or not, July 4th is supposedly... America the culmination of the celebration of independence from British rule. So I want to ask the question, well, what does this mean? What has it always meant? For those of us involved in the fight for civil rights and justice and equality, what does it mean? All across the board. Does this mean justice and does this mean equality? A couple of months ago, back in the fall, I was in a conversation with others tonight. They asked me, how, did I, how do I feel about America? And I said, frankly, it's the city on a hill for me. It, will, it represents liberty and freedom and justice. Did you hear me? Liberty, justice, and freedom. That's what attracted me. I could come to this country, and I could uh, embrace liberty. I was given liberty and freedom and justice, just as nobody, just because the law covers everyone. That's what it means to me. See how silent I went. You see how quiet I went? Because my mind is going back to what it means, and it's making me emotional. I thought it wouldn't happen this time. But that's what America means to me. That's what July 4th means. So if you ever ask, why am I so involved in the fight for justice, this is why. Because I want this to happen for everybody else who is looking for justice. Everybody else who is looking for liberty. I want them to feel as welcome as I did and to be embraced as I did and to obtain the liberty and justice that I got from an abusive spouse who was killing me, literally. So what does July 4th mean this year? I mean, we're looking around our country and the country is so big and so large and the society is so huge. There are over 363 million people here or more. And, you look at different parts of the country has different applications and interpretations, right? In one state now, they're removing, (laughs) I still can't believe the Confederate flag was part of their state flag. I don't know how y'all put up with that for so many years. I didn't even, it's like, what? (laughs) I can't believe it, since 1894. That is now being removed because Confederacy is seen as a symbol of slavery, an enslavement of black people. The second thing is, you also, from from that extreme, you go to another extreme in St. Louis, Missouri, where a group of personal injury lawyers who live in a mansion uh, wanted, uh, were blocking open guns, uh, pointed their guns at uh, unarmed protesters who were marching past their house. And I was like, first of all, the house that those folks lived in, I'm like, that is a real-to-life mansion. Your personal injury lawyers, how much money do you make that you can afford to live in that house? Because people look at these things, you have to wonder about these things. Yes, because you should, right? Because you look at it and you're like, dang. You look at that and you're like, the maintenance on that house is at least hundred grand a month. $100,000 a month. You generate that much income that you can maintain as personal injury lawyers. You run your own law firm. A hundred grand a month. I'm like, dang. And you're not in entertainment. You're not a corporate CEO who makes ten million a year. Do you see where I'm going with that? So that was my first question: is where they got the money from. But then again, you're gonna say it's capitalism. They have the credit, so they can buy it. Who cares if they live off credit or whatever? Well, see, that's the problem. That alone highlights the systemic racial issues that pervade our country because a black couple who probably make as much as they do have a harder time qualifying for a mortgage for that simply on the basis of color has nothing to do with income, has nothing to do with how much money you earn and credit scores has everything to do with color. You see what I'm saying? So you look at it in different color in, in, in a different aspect, right? And you have to ask yourself that Somebody's saying I celebrate the 4th of July the death of Crispus Atticus, a black man at the first of the Revolutionary War, and my grandfather's service in World War II, amen, gives you the right to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you look at these, you have to put this all into context. The country is evolving. We're at this tipping point now. We're, we're looking at is America free? Is America free for, to all of us? Or is America just free to some of us? Some of us who practice systemic racism, Some of us who do not use our privilege and power for good, but use our privilege and power to enforce slavery or slave-like tactics on others. Try applying for a loan as a person of color. You all know what I mean. Don't hide behind it. I lived it myself. I lived in a community where I was the only minority. And when I checked it out, my neighbors, it's a subdivision, so the house is all like what? Interchangeable. And when I checked it out, they were paying way less in mortgage than I was my credit score our credit score was better than theirs we had equity in our home they didn't have but they were paying less i called the mortgage company i said you better fix this before i take this to the news you best believe they redacted when to apply for a car loan this is in the early 2000s i didn't even see it as racism it took me a while to realize that this. this is system-wide because it happened with the mortgage now i go to apply for a car loan credit score is better Credit score is good, super, right? Uh, had down payment. With that kind of credit score, I should never have needed a down payment, to be honest. I should sign a drive. Instead, they asked for a down payment. Credit score is good. And had to pay. So no, no, we're driving off with this. No, 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 no. I, I was like, no, I told my ex. I said, no, we're not going to do this. You're going to give me it at the price I want. <laughs> then we can start talking. I kid you not. So there is systemic racism and inequality in housing. We just saw it in loans that I just identified for you. It's in education, HBCUs, Historically Black Colleges and Universities, who evolved after reconstruction and slavery to educate black people because white, black kids didn't, were not welcomed at white higher learning institutions. So black people couldn't become lawyers and doctors, they couldn't become scientists because they were not formally trained by white colleges and universities. So all of these things you see today, the Harvards, the Yales, the princetons who are now holding themselves up as bastions of progressivism, progressivism, and bastions of progressive politics, and bastions of progressive thought, 150 years ago did not welcome black people to their campuses, because they were so racist. So when I tell folks, who are seeking an education, I say to them, a four-year degree is a four-year degree. Historically, black colleges and universities have been targeted and been underfunded by the congresses of the, the successive governments of this country to undermine the education efforts, the educational efforts of blacks. That's systemic racism. Because once upon a time, the only colleges that would accept you are HBCUs. They're run down. They're not administrated properly because they don't have enough money to pay their professors. The buildings are run down. They're not maintained because they don't get funding from the federal government. Meanwhile, what is what young people call PWIs? You know what PWIs are? Public white institutions get all the funding that they could ever get. A hundred years ago, they were not accepting black students, but now they're bastions of progressivism. They're bastions of liberalism. But you're still racist at the core. Black students still do not graduate. They still, a professor marking papers, look at the name and know if, it, if it's black or white. And if they know it's white, well, they're just given grades. They're given a level of leniency that is not a, a given to black students. Right? That is systemic racism. So, what does July 4th mean this year? Now that we're shining the spotlight. And shining the spotlight on everything, right? Right, brother? Isn't the truth? Shining the spotlight on all of this. What does it mean? And that is the problem. We don't want to confront this because we're like, I really don't want to dig into it. And most people who are white are like, it's not my fight. I don't want to get involved. It's not happening to me. Let me keep it moving. My daughter said to me that one of her friends who is white <laughs> uh, texts her to say, dang, I didn't realize that I had a 400-year head start on this, and here I am on my lazy butt, not doing anything with my four-year degree. I'm getting up off my butt. Thanks, Alex, for pointing this out to me. Do you see what I'm saying? So now white people are like, dang, so there is no excuse? For me to be a drug addict, there's no excuse. I mean, I, had, I thought I needed more, but the society was already built for me. So in one thing, it, it gave them a liberation and a freedom now to go do it. But in another, the rest of us are sitting here like, so hold on, hold on. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Our ancestors fought and paid the price to get it. It's time for us to get our, to get our 400 years. It, we're not going to wait 400 years to get 400 years. We're getting it now. What does July 4th mean to us this year? What does it mean? It means that we need to, every republic, every country, at at, at a stage of its development, stage of its evolution, goes through an implosion where it has to examine itself. Abraham Lincoln said the only way America could be destroyed is if it implodes. That means America would implode on itself. Well, that's where we are. I don't believe we're going to finalize it, but we have come to a point where we as a Republic have to look at ourselves and say, what is the way forward? What is the best way forward? Here in Michigan, just yesterday, the Michigan governor, a Democrat and a woman, she's called that woman from Michigan. Well, I'm with her. Okay. Uh, She was, she's, there was a building in Lansing, a public building, a state-owned building, that was named after a man who was a slave owner. I was like, huh? We're still doing that? What does July 4th mean? She took, she took the name. She renamed it. She said, uh-uh, he was a slave owner. We ain't going to name no public-owned building after him. We're going to name it after people who helped forge the civil rights law in the state of Michigan shout out to that. That's ballsy. That's bold and in your face. And that's what we're supposed to do. People are talking about, well, we don't want to take down Confederate statues. Well, let me ask you this question. We, you have to examine yourself and say to yourself, well, what did he stand for? The country says, and the constitution says, you stand for liberty and justice for all. Did the statue of this person, the statue whom this person represents, did they stand for liberty and justice for all? If they don't, then why are you putting up a statue to them? Why are you celebrating them? Because they they resemble and embrace a past that is painful and has left a painful legacy. What is interesting is that the Confederacy only lasted 4 years, but their legacy has lasted more than a two more than a generation or two. It tells us that we are at this point now, finally, when we must embrace the idea that we have to examine these parts of our union and our republic and determine if they're good enough for us to go forward. And if they're not good enough, well, we need to change. There's nothing wrong with that. We can't, I don't agree that all the statues need to come down, but I, I want to see statues of people who look like me. I want to see statues of Harriet Tubman, Maya Angelou. Yeah? hmm I want to see statues. Where, where's Martin Luther King's statue? Apart from the one that is in D.C. Is there any other statue to him? Where's John Lewis and Andrew Young? Where, where, where Medgar Evers, Malcolm X. Where are those statues? I want to see those statues of civil rights icons who fought and marched in Birmingham. Where are their statues? Liberty and justice is for all of us, not just some of us. That's really what July 4th means right now. It means, is there liberty and justice for all, or is there just liberty and justice for some? And some of you all are going plumb crazy. Just look what happened in Colorado last night. They elected a gun rights activist who overturned an establishment Republican because this person felt like they should walk around. with. She actually runs a restaurant where people walk around with guns on their hips. Okay, that might be good in O.K. Corral, in deep ass, that's not a good idea in urban America. Let me just put, this is what I'm saying. You you have the rose-tinted color on like the America of 1855 still exists. Lady, grow up and get a life. You can't take that idea. Not even establishment Republicans are going to welcome you in Washington. Her views are not even Tea Party, y'all. Her views are way out there. Liberty and justice for all not just for those of you who feel like you should walk around with your guns You're actually in the minority because your guns make the rest of us feel uncomfortable Because in this day and age of mass shootings and people just grabbing guns and just firing I don't want to be in a crowd of people where everybody is assaulting a gun So if someone pushes you you're gonna pull your gun out and start firing at everybody else How lawless do we sound? Do you see what I'm saying? So in your pursuit of it's my, my Second amendment rights and it's my rights you forget We are not 1850 anymore. We have laws now (laughs) and jurisdictional laws. So you don't have to go defend your O.K. Corral ranch with your gun because there's no lawman to come and make the law work. Oh, my God. Jesus, take the wheel. My grandfather moved to Detroit after World War II to work for Chrysler and is still alive. Oh, he's still alive. Would you give him a shout out for me? That's amazing. (laughs) Right? Your grandfather who fought in World War II is still alive. God bless him and you and the legacy that he has left all of us. I lift my hat to him this day. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? And all in agreement say amen. Right? But do you see what I mean? it's liberty and justice for all. You can't just, you look so way out there. What she's doing is great in rural Colorado. Maybe you're going to be uh, run over by the folks from Utah or New Mexico or something. I don't know. But you bring that stuff to Washington, D.C., maybe it's not going to work. It doesn't even apply to all of America. This is why, this is why electing a leader it's so very important because you need someone who has balanced views on all of America. Up until now, we've had good presidents. I ain't kidding. You. We've had presidents who see the big picture. You remember George Bush? After 9-11, he said some things that made you, you have to sit back and say, you know, but he, did, he came out and he unified the country. He said, this is our country. And on my watch, nobody's going to attack our country and get away with it. Period. He unified the country. We all rallied under the flag. We all got together, and we all said, this is what works. But now we have a president who seeks to divide us. You can't retweet white power symbols while at the same time you have a group of people called Black Voices for Trump. You're making them feel uncomfortable. Because out of one side of your mouth, you're saying, "Well, I support the blacks, the blacks." And out of the other side of your mouth, you're, you're, you're tweeting, you're tweeting videos of people uh, embracing white power. You're like 75 years too late. The people on his team need to tell him that. It is not current. Do you see what I'm saying? So in the, the thing with America is that whether other countries see this about us, but we are probably forgetting that we live in the currency of the moment. It's not just our economy that propels us to be a world leader. It's also the fact that we think progressively and we are capable of thinking of leading in the moment. Right now, in this moment, it's liberty and justice for all of us, not just some of us. So this 4th of July, when you're waving your flag and you are barbecuing and you're thinking about fireworks and so on, and the fireworks and the rockets' red glare, the bombs bursting in air, swayed through the night, right, that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave over which land? The land of the free? God. Oops. And the home? Off the brave. Let this mind be in all of us this July 4th, the land of the free and the home of the brave. The land for all of us, not some of us. Let every politician know, come November, primaries are running right through this country. Come November, it's going to be all of us, not some of us. We need leaders at the state, county, city, re levels, and at the federal levels who are for all of us, not some of us. You can't run this republic thinking if you continue to feed and the anger of the base that you're going to win. No, we have all of us, and all of us are thinking the reason that this republic works is because it is for all of us. White, educated voters are looking at this, who are Republicans, are looking at this, and they're saying, I want a republic and a country that supports the idea that it is good for all of us. I don't want divisiveness because eventually it's going to make us into a third-world country where we're constantly marching and fighting and tearing down monuments. If this divisive rhetoric had not prevailed, people wouldn't be out in the streets, marching and tearing down monuments to systemic oppression because that's what statues are. Statues are monuments to oppression. People would not, but you ignited a fire in people when you have to confront in your daily life systemic racist issues. And on top of that, on top of that, you have a leader who is saying it's okay for people to march with white power. It's okay for people to have swastikas. It's okay for people to open fire on massive groups of people. It's okay for people to have police officers to kneel on black people's necks. It is not for all of us. That kind of rhetoric is not going to prevail. It's not going to prevail. After a while, everybody is sitting down and thinking, At the end of the day, you know what we all are? That red, white, and blue stuff. Bleed red, white, and blue all day, every day. At the end of the day, we're all looking at one another like, huh, if something were to go wrong, which one of us is going to bleed red, white, and blue? At the end of the day, we all need each other. Let me ask you this. We're all fighting because we must have justice for all, right? You have some other people in the world who never liked us in the first place. Don't you think they want our position of power? Yeah, and they're watching, aren't they? Okay, so they're watching us. And they're like, well, them fools are distracted right now. Let's go see what they're going on about. And guess what? Caller, uh, caller number one, if you're still listening, call me back. Right? Right? Uh, My thing was glitching. I couldn't reach you. So call me back. I was trying to get to you. Right. But they're watching us. What if they decide to come and take advantage of the fact that we're so distracted? You know, most of us go to bed at night and we we feel unsafe. We don't feel unsafe in our homes and our neighborhoods. We feel unsafe in our country. We feel unsafe that, Dan, what happened overnight? Did they burn some, did some place burn? What happened overnight? You wake up in the morning, And you wake up at 4 o'clock and you grab your phone to see if everything is everything the way you left it before. Because now you are all aware that there is not liberty and justice for all. And the people who are not getting liberty and justice are not happy. And something has to be done. We're in the midst of a pandemic. And the government wants to shut down, wants the Supreme Court to strike down Obamacare. Since the pandemic began, over 40 million people are without jobs. Since the pandemic began, over 20 million people had to sign up for Obamacare. In the midst of a pandemic, from what I've been told, Medicaid and Medicare is the only insurance that is paying for people who have COVID-19. Did you all know that? Medicaid and Medicare, most of the other insurances are denying the coverage. People are getting bills at home right now that they have to pay out of pocket for. And you want to shut that down? Tell me liberty and justice for all you're preaching this rhetoric that black people are going to come march on your lawn and are going to come take your house. That's not true. We're not interested in your house. We want our own house. Make this playing field level. We don't want your house. I don't even know how you live in your house. We don't want it, but that's the messaging that you're perpetuating. That takes us back to a dark time in our history that we're trying to evolve out of. Maybe the world didn't know how bad it was, but now they do. So it's kind of changed the color of America, changed the perception of America. what America is fighting battles all over the world, telling everybody else how you need to have liberty and justice, blah, blah, blah. But you're telling me that while you were telling people that you were busy over here keeping down people in your own country. Because now with social media, it's everywhere. Do you see what I'm saying? So we've got to get to the point where we understand that there is liberty and justice for all of us, not just some of us. Difficult is that. Why should we politicize the wearing of face masks that minimize disease spread? Why should that be a sign Of perpetual adoration and a sign of allegiance to a leader. Why should you demand that when people's lives are at stake? How uncaring is that? Why should you to demonstrate continually leadership or to demonstrate your allegiance? You're going to go out in public and endanger your own life and those of your family members by not wearing something that scientists and doctors tell you. Do you believe the doctor? Do you believe your doctor? When you go to your doctor and they tell you your blood pressure is high and your blood sugar is high and your mama and daddy have Alzheimer's and dementia, do you believe the doctor? That doctor with the MD behind his name is a scientist. Do you believe him? So why aren't you believing the doctors, the other doctors who specialize in infectious diseases all over this country who are saying wear a mask stay six feet. Don't open the country too quick. It's going to surge. It's going to surge. And here comes the surge. And you're still demanding that you must show unbeating loyalty to me. You look ridiculous. You cannot lead. This is irreverent. Understand that what this is about. This is for all of us, not some of us. Can we get that into our heads and into our minds going forward after this July 4th, that July 4th is independent for all of us. It means the Boston Tea Party didn't take place in a vacuum. It means there were black people who were helping throw that bad boy over into the harbor. There were black people who were helping Paul Revere as he rode through cities. Come on now. Some of these people whom you claim are presidents, owned black slaves. How is that? Have you reconciled that with your past? I know it's shameful and hurtful, but you got to have that reckoning. You have to just accept it and say, it is what it is. I can't change the past. But listen, the guess is, I can change your future. Going forward, I can have a more engaged dialogue. I can have more participation, and we obviously must level the playing field because we have worked for it. I don't see what the big argument is. I really don't see why the opposition, I don't see it. I know it's human nature when you put people together in a group, somebody will always want to emerge the leader and egos test and fight and somebody has to be the leader and I am the leader. It's human nature for that to happen, (laughs) right? Right? I know that, but we have, a, we have bigger issues to worry about. We have a pandemic that in a few weeks, in a, by the end of July 4th, by next week, the end of next week, we're going to see deaths, more people dying. The hospital systems in Texas are overwhelmed. There are no more ICU beds. In Miami and Florida, they're suppressing their numbers because they don't want you to know how bad it is. It's pretty bad. In Arizona, it's bad. In North and South Carolina, it is bad. In all the states that had to profess on dying and unwavering allegiance to a man, not the flag, to a man who demanded that as a leader, all those folks are, are worried. Remember back in May when they marched on Lansing, and I told you that the Grand Rapids Lansing to Grand Rapids area was going to see a spike in coronavirus infections here in the state of Michigan. Guess what? The Lansing to Grand Rapids area is seeing a spike in coronavirus infection. Because of that spike, the governor has paused certain parts of the reopening because we can't afford for the spread because we don't want Michiganders to die. We don't want Michiganders to get sick. We actually do love our, 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 our mitten up here. Yeah, we're kind of like the old flyer, you know, the outlying state. Because we're barely connected. <laughs> I'm just saying, but we love it. We love being surrounded by all this water. We love it. <laughs> right? <laughs> connected by a bridge to Wisconsin and all, Canada. A whole lot of countries right next door. Oh, we love it up here. Come to Michigan. We're kind of different over here. Are we Midwestern? Mm, Maybe geographically, but we're kind of like the new West. (laughs) Just kidding. Right? But think about that. I did say the Lansing Grand Rapids area, because of the March on Lansing, was going to see spikes. And now that reality is true. It's facts. It doesn't require a rocket scientist to see that. And yet here we are. So I'm going to ask you this. What does July 4th mean to you? You thought it meant independence and your rights to carry guns. Do you realize you don't live in a vacuum? I think that's the point where we, we have come, where there's self-centeredness. It kind of was our individualistic approach that kind of defined Americanism. Yes, it, it brought some success, but we're in a new era now where our very actions impact the other. And so we can't just live for me, myself and I anymore. It's not just me and my two anymore. It's the fact that if I get infected, it affects 10 more people. So I can't just have a gathering at my house. This July 4th is gonna be unbelievable infections right after. Because no matter what you say, people are not gonna social distance and they're not gonna wear masks around running out. So we're all gonna congregate around the barbecue pit We're all going to eat and socialize and fraternize with one another. And the following week, everybody's going to get sick. What does July 4th mean to us this year? We're marching for equal rights. There's a whole segment of our population that has not experienced equality. That has to change. That's what we're focused on this year. That has to be your needlepoint focus, not on you maintaining your Second Amendment rights to walk around with a gun, much to the displeasure and discomfort of everybody else in the room. But you don't read the room. You live in rural Colorado, rural North Dakota, or most of North Dakota is rural. I've never been there. I don't want to go there, South Dakota. But you live in some rural area where there are like 500 of you. So maybe everybody around you is a threat. I don't know. What are you expecting? An invasion? That you feel the need and the compulsion that you must walk around with a gun. But you come to urban areas, and it makes the rest of us feel uncomfortable. A few years ago, about 10 or 12 years ago, I was in a Walmart. And I, not, I, I, I really do. I kid you not. This man came in in his open carry cell and walked around with a gun. Eventually, I think they asked him to leave because everybody... Trust me, people were just leaving their cards and walking the hell on out. But he was in his glory. He can walk around with a gun. I said, uh-uh. Next thing he takes out a gun and starts shooting, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm not going to pay the price. I found the manager. I said, I don't know. This might be what you support, but I'm not coming back to the store. If you're going to have people just let people in who just feel like they need to open carry, I'm uncomfortable. So that's on you. Uh, there's a target up the road. Bye. Do you see what I'm saying? So you can have your gun. You can cover it. <laughs> Equal rights under the law. Everybody can get a gun. What if we all just start walking around with our guns? Are we crazy? Are we civilized? This is this, this is the thing I think most of us are struggling with is why are you not progressive? Why is progressivism seen as some form of hatred? Why are you not progressing and recognizing that It's time for a change, that you must change, that there is a change that has come, and that you must adapt to these new circumstances. Why is it so difficult? Why is that so hard for everyone else to embrace? Why do you still want to go back to the stage where you told black people what to do, how to do, and you made them feel bad, and they were slaves, and they should know their place, so much so that you're going to have a rally, and all the black voices, are going to be sitting in one section. Do you realize how that looks? And they just went along with it. Because they're pledging allegiance and nobody saw how that looks. The Republican Party is finished. You decimated yourself. You're going to have to rethink, rebrand your strategy because you can't even attract young voters. You can't even attract young people because they're like, hell no. I don't want to live in that world. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this July 4th, we're at the point of reckoning. This is our moment. We're being reckoned. Think about this. 75 years ago, we went and liberated Europe from fascism and Nazism. Think about that, America. 75 years ago, American lives were lost on the beaches of Normandy and in Europe, liberating Europe from Nazism. Let me pause there. 75 years later, Americans, some Americans, are embracing Nazism. Oh my God! And using it on the rest of us to oppress, trying to oppress and brutalize the rest of us who are not ascribing to Nazism. But 75 years ago, Americans then felt that it was so wrong that they gave their lives to defend a group of people whom they have no attachment to. 75 years later, a group of Americans, a minority sect, determined that Nazism is a way forward for this republic. This is reckoning, people. The 4th of July needs to be a moment when you sit there around your campfires and your bonfires and your barbecue pizza, whatever it is that is coming, your generation and your group, it's a time to sit down and ask these tough questions. What are we here for? What are we fighting for? What do we believe in? We need to think about that and we need to figure that out going forward. It's important. America, don't miss this moment. This moment of reckoning has come. You can't miss it. You fought against it. You tried to push it away. You tried to ignore it. At the same time you were liberating Europe, it didn't occur to you that people within your own nation, within our own borders needed to be liberated. Well, here we are right now, this point. This is our reckoning. We must first look introspectively so that we can emerge stronger. We must examine these disparate parts of ourselves that seem to conflict with our notion and our idea of freedom and justice. We must be able to reckon with ourselves that we have a path that is solid. We have a path that there are parts of it we're not proud of, but we have an opportunity to change. And we must embrace that change to move forward as the greatest republic that has ever existed. I love you. I love America. The red, white, and blue, means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to you. That's what we're fighting for. That's what all the streets are for. We're fighting for our place, our recognition and our equality in this great experiment of democracy and liberal faith, that we are free to walk around and be individuals. We've been doing it for over 200 years, leading the world, showing the world that it can be done, that you don't have to be feudalistic. Come on, America. Wake up. Rise up to this challenge and continue the fight we must embrace. That the fact that we are not alone, that this is not just for some of us. We're white, we're black, we're Indian, we're Mexican, we're everything. Come on, America. It's time for us. Pick up the baton and finish this course. March on to victory. March on knowing that we must liberate. We must fight. We must show the world how it can be done. Come on, America. This is our challenge. This is our reckoning. The Fourth of July. Late means something to others as much as it means to the rest of us here. March on, America. March on. Thank you so much. This is Harry Kimmer. Be blessed, everybody. Happy fourth. Happy Fourth. My God. Happy Fourth. Happy Fourth. My God. Jesus. Hallelujah. My God greatest nation on the face of the earth. God bless the United States of America.